You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Well, I'm happy to be here, Pogues. I've only come here to do two things. That's smoke cigars and pet cats, and I've got plenty of both. Um, <laughs> as you I probably know well how aware, to react to that. <laughs> as you're probably well aware by that intro, uh, we did Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, and I'm going to go ahead and just bring in um, a little sunshine to the open end of this, uh, the beginning of this podcast um, as sort of um, sort of a balancing act for what I presume will be the later half. <laughs> oh, no, you're probably right there. I know I'm not going to give this movie glowing reviews. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, um, Pokes, uh, we've done Hell- Hellboy before, so... There's less sort of lead up that we have to do here at the top to discuss casting and all this kind of stuff because there's a lot of repeats here. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, we didn't lose Ron Perlman or else this would be even worse, uh, worse of a situation that we'd be stuck in. Um, Selma Blair is back. Doug Jones is back, although he is now doing um, two shifts instead of one mm-hmm. as both the physical uh, actor and the voice actor. Um, and we also uh, get um, the additions of... Jeffrey Tambor and no, Seth No, he was in the first Farland. one. Jeffrey oh, Tambor was, was in the first one, yeah. Was he? Oh, yeah. right. Never he mind. He runs Sorry. the BPRD. So let me, re- let me, let me dial it back then. Then we get the addition of Seth MacFarlane being a German for an hour and a half. Doing an accent as if, like, the only German person he's ever heard speak was Colonel Klink in Hogan's Heroes. And I know I just now- made a reference from, like, 75 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> You, 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 look, you're not wrong. He is doing a. It is the ex- worst German accent I think I've ever heard in a film. Like, I would it say is it's that... egregiously bad. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's bad. I would say it's heightened. He is like. It doesn't is, sound is... German though. He's just doing he's... like a weird voice. He is. He is like. Uh, he is performing like he's on an improv team, and the, the the tag was German, and he's never tried it before. You know what I mean? It's coming yeah. off as like. As like a mishmash of like the nine last German actors he saw, plus as you said, Colonel Klink or or some other like fictional you know uh, uh, Bullwinkle character that <laughs> spoke yeah, German. I, I could not believe uh, it. Midway through, but, I was like, why wouldn't they have just? Because ca- I thought it was just a regular actor. I never looked up to see who it was, and I was like, I however, I don't, they couldn't find a German actor. I don't think anyone expected Johann Kraus, the German ghost, to be doing like a like modern and and toned down and you know moderate german accent i mean everything about this movie well, I mean, this franchise yeah. is supposed to be like b movie supposed to be pulp well this you know? movie so is abbott and costello like it is so much terrible slapstick in the midst of not a very good story like i could not figure out why there was so much just terrible humor yeah. in it it's so I have some... unfunny like wildly unfunny I have some negative notes about some of the attempts at physical comedy. Um, like, I, I, and it's like it's like it's like direct Looney Tunes. Like when um, when the when Johan uh, um, possesses the lockers in the locker room and oh. hits Hellboy so hard in the face with a locker that it fra- it does like the face where like it frames his face in the metal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just in that like that is and there's maybe 15 more scenes like that there's so many and none of the jokes land like spoken jokes like every line that's supposed to be comedical comedical falls flat the physical humor is really terrible to me a huge portion of this movie looks like they were only allowed to do one take and they were just like well 
sorry, we're stuck with this one, and they just moved on. I, I will say that, uh, uh, well, we could start talking about the movie uh, in more of a direct sense, but I, 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 I found faults, no, no doubt. I found faults with uh, some, 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 some sensible chunks of this film, but there were big parts that I genuinely enjoyed, as well as portrayals that I genuinely enjoyed. How, uh, there's um, no way you could have enjoyed big parts. <laughs> There's like 15 good minutes in a two-hour-long movie. <laughs> well, uh, here's the problem. I just said that I liked part. I, I like this movie. I I just said that I like this movie, but that's unfortunate because if we are going to talk about the movie scenes, we have to begin with the beginning where we see young Hellboy in a trailer with his adoptive father, uh, oh. Professor Broom. And that is not a scene that I can defend. Um, the, there's so much stuff in this movie. Like I, I feel like this is the problem with all the the three Hellboy movies. No one gets like the people who make it never read the Hellboy comic. They've just been told what he's like. Because Hellboy is not really humorous. He's kind of like very dry actually, and he's not like this. I don't know cartoon character. He's just pretty laid back and kind of like a dude who's just seen so much shit that like nothing really surprises him anymore and they took the like the beloved young hellboy which was like this small little story mignola did a long time ago about pancakes and then he made a bunch of series that have young hellboy in them and i gotta tell you young hellboy is disturbing <laughs> yeah uh a, a big no thank you for me and young hellboy they gave him like uh, it's... bugs bunny teeth where he just has like two giant front teeth that like take up a third of his mouth and yeah the kid is not a good actor he definitely resembles like someone doing a sketch of what they remember a boy looks like who's never met maybe a human person it's yeah it's like the facial features are sort of weirdly shaped and the teeth are too much you cannot look away yes. from them your eye your eyes lock onto those teeth and you cannot look or listen to any of the dialogue that's happening which is fine because it's awkward and weird um yeah and it's, no, it's, it's, it's yeah it's, it's also start. uh i don't think he could close his eyes the kid every shot of him his eyes are like wide open so like at one point i thought i think the prosthetics are keeping this kid from closing his eyes because he always so looks too. surprised it in that scene is so i i mean i will say the little mannequin story of the golden army it's like this is the best part of the whole movie i, I enjoyed that part that was cool Oh yeah, really, really big fan of that. Actually, yeah, yeah, very uh, cool stylistic choice, but like cemented in a scene where Hellboy's watching Howdy Doody and he thinks the puppet's really alive, which I couldn't figure out why that was a thing. Well, he's he's new to this world. Yeah, but it was just such a weird thing to include where they're like, "Well, he thinks that you know." It's just so I don't know. It just really was like I could not right away watching that scene. I was like, "This is not a good sign." Like. And then the the mannequin thing, as much as I love the puppet story, I think to me it really sums up this movie. Stylistically cool looking, with no real story, and absolutely nothing to do with Hellboy. So I have a similar take, although it's far lighter than yours. Uh, I, the, the, this, is, this is an incredible showcase of uh, Guillermo's like, best, like, some of his most incredible effects work. I mean, it is... The fucking troll market alone 
is worth so much of the time invested in watching this movie. It's so cool to look at. But, and I know that you're, uh, you're gripping the desk with your fingers going white, um, but yeah, it's surrounded by a lot of functional story, but not particularly engaging. This idea of a totally new and disconnected person from a totally new and disconnected world of like underground fantasy people uh, comes to life. You're given the pitch that we've got this sort of like, we're going to be seeing lots of like darker versions of fairy tale characters that we know. We see tooth fairies, we see ogres, we think we got lots more of that. And then it just, Jeffrey, then we just, <laughs> and then we just sidetrack into Guillermo del Toro's like fucking, uh, like, like page 15 of his sketchbook, you know what I mean? Which is like Cathedral Head. And yes, uh, the Cathedral Head guy I actually wrote shell down. Man. Like, Why the fuck and, is this guy's head a cathedral? I, I guess, I guess the, the, the what we're being presented to at the beginning is like, hey, guess what? The elves and the ogres and like the fairies, they're all real, the ones that you've been told about, but they've just been living in squalor since the days of, you know, magic. Uh, so here's more of those fantasy characters. But then as the movie possesses, it's like, no, we're done with those characters. Now we're just, now we're just building weird gutter monsters. <laughs> yeah, and, and like the thing that gets me that we talked a little bit about on the uh, mini episode is there's a whole rich, like, background story of hellboy with the fey creatures and uh this spirit who's like always trying to help hellboy out who's like the spirit of this uh, old witch finder and there's all this stuff where i was confused because they just skipped it and they created guillermo del toro's like you know his own little world which is fine but it's just so disjointed and doesn't fit with the rest of the movie or the previous movie where it seems again, like there's no other monsters except for Hellboy and what Rasputin brings. But all of a sudden it seems like, yeah, there's a market in Brooklyn that's just full of trolls. And these one guys live in what appear to be a working foundry and no one's noticed them. I, I couldn't figure it out. No, and, and you're right. And I think, that's the, I think that's the toughest thing because this seems like they took a script for Hellboy 2 and also a separate totally unrelated idea Guillermo del Toro had about an underground fantasy yes that he could not get made yeah and strung them together but the but this is the problem that I'm having pokes with our alignment on this issue is that I don't hate either of those concepts they make an awkward marriage sure they make a horribly awkward marriage and the entire (laughs) storyline is set up upon (laughs) one person being able to at any point in time she wants stop the other person with Okay, one yeah, minor like, with thing. a sacrifice which she ends up doing is... at a point in which it's completely worthless and i was like this is so dumb if you were gonna kill yourself kill yourself way earlier in the fucking movie you could have killed it before you killed your dad yeah the, none of that really makes a, a tremendous amount of sense that, that these two characters are linked mostly because we've never heard of them before so something discovers yes. that they're linked and, and it's like this sort of thing where they include it and you're like oh okay so they're gonna have to figure out a way to like kill the brother without killing the sister because in the movie the, there's the prince who's trying to get back the golden army he's an elf uh he kills his dad and for some reason him and his sister are linked like the twins from gi joe and so if one gets hurt the other one gets hurt so he she watches him murder her father and then runs away lets him eventually get control of the golden army and then when he finally loses control of the golden army she kills herself and he dies Mm-hmm. that's correct but why then why wait so long 
You let your father be killed at any point, and you keep saying, like, it absolutely can't fall into his hands. And I get, like, killing yourself is a big deal. I'm not, like, downplaying, uh, you know, suicide. But all these other people are, like, willing to kill themselves, you know, in a sense, to save the world. And this girl's like, I could stop this guy at any point, literally any point I want to, I could stop him. Or I could make him completely worthless by cutting my own arm off, which would make him lose his arms. Like, there's tons of things she could have done to make him yeah. less effective. Uh, it's just weird. I, you know, I'm not saying, like, she should have killed herself, but it was such a weird story point to throw in to be like, oh, so they, they couldn't save her and she just ends up killing herself. Why wasn't that the default beginning point? That she's constantly worried about him knowing where she is because they can sort of always have uh, some vague awareness of each other. Yet she can't help them find him or know that he's coming or know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah, it seemed, it seemed like very one sided. One that, 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 there's lots of problems with that. The other problem is that uh, the princess is, you know, fine, but she's not. I wasn't emotionally invested in the princess. No, because she's given nothing to do. Right. She's giving nothing to do with the princess. She, she is just straight up damsel in distress. She's total damsel, and the prince is giving nothing more than. I can do cartwheels with with spear. And so we're not really given a lot of investment because the biggest problem that I had, and this happens in other things too, uh, other lore I've seen, but when they describe the deal that the, 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 the elf prince made an army that was so indestructible, he nearly could have like conquered the world and realized the error of his ways and so buried away the golden army and then made a truce. Um... That, it seemed familiar, the truce he made, because following the truce, he lost all possession of his land and resources and was relegated to complete and utter uh, isolation and squalor, uh, him and the rest of the fantasy creatures. Um, like, they live in the sewers. Yeah, it, they're, they're, it's, it's They're children weird. of nature, and they live in dank fetid sewers it also makes no sense why they live in the cities i mean it's like they're in the but united states there super are illogical. tons of parts of the united states which are forest yeah why they're not in a forest somewhere it's super logical why they're not in like the deep black forest of germany i have no or idea. at least like the north north uh but as new far York, as we know, you know? The, the entirety of them exist only in the most squalor and sad pathetic underground sewage toxic waste drains and despite all that, as the prince shows up and says, this is horseshit, they all said, we can't get mad at the humans. We just got to fade away. And I was like, I was almost like, uh, I'm kind of with the prince on this one. This sucks. You guys took a truce that gave, like, what is this? Like, you guys are it's, yeah, it's, fucked over. It's also and, and, insane because they won. Like, right. They, they won. were the victors the and they were just like, I guess we'll just fade away it's very confusing and that that is something that makes i get no they don't sense. want bloodshed I, I get they don't want bloodshed but they must understand that modern you know the modern society is different now there's a potential yes. that, that their also, re reveal could be profitable and they could i don't know there's so much more happening there, there's also the thing that gets me with this movie is um he needs the crown to be able to control the golden army and the dad never wants to reuse the crown right he broke it apart why didn't he just destroy it? Because later we see you could just heat it up with fire, and it'll yeah, it melt, is melted. and then it doesn't it work is, anymore, and the it army is shuts down with her hands. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's, it's so really why keep it if you had no intention of ever reusing it? 
no it's, it's an extremely good point and that's like and i guess that's another part a problem i have with this is like they set up all this stuff but each one of the points is like well why wouldn't this person have done this why didn't the dad just destroy the crown uh why didn't he do a better job hiding him why didn't he just like one time go out into the ocean and just throw it in the middle of the ocean good luck finding it you know i mean the guy doesn't actually know where they are he only knows because for some reason one of them gets sent to like sotheby's to be auctioned off don't figure and people seem to know about this civilization which i thought was weird at the did you notice that at the sotheby's or whatever that the made-up auctioneer place they're like from the ancient lost uh elven city or like they named this thing it's like wait do they do they know elves are real <laughs> like why shouldn't they be like it's from a fabled completely made-up thing and for some reason people want it it was very weird because i couldn't figure out if everyone was supposed to know that the elves were real and that are just they're gone now it was just such a bizarre scene yeah, and I think that's the problem. Uh, the, the 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 major problem that I had um, with the structure, the foundation of the film is that is that the, the the background idea of these characters are thin. It's mm-hmm. just we were once elves that ruled everything, and now we have nothing. So let's get it all back. I mean, we, this is this is Blade basically, right? Yes. This is just I mean, it, it's like, like every movie. It's every like yeah, generic it, it, fantasy story. And that that's fine. I'm not saying that, that every story needs a new plot. I, we understand the idea that everything's already been written. But what I need is, like, meat. You know, I need details. Yeah. And, the and thing the that gets is that me... Guillermo brings a ton of beautiful cinematography and incredible creatures. Yes. But they're all just sort of gilding this skeleton plot. That this I turd. Think is... Because okay. well, if you really think I'm about go it... With... <laughs> The the like the elf story is really boring. It's it's as generic as a story could be. It's just not flesh out enough. I, I, I never thought it was it, yes. boring. Well, but I mean, it's just like eh, it's like the sort of thing that you like quickly make up uh, when you're like you know you're a DM. Like somebody asks you a question about ancient civilization, <laughs> sure, sure, you're sure. like, uh, they made a pact and they had this army that was indestructible, I guess, and then they decided not to use it. And now they live in this poop house. But like that story doesn't Classic really go anywhere. Possible, yeah. And you don't care enough about either one of the two characters because I don't really know anything about them. And then you have this other weird story, this love story that they decided to put into the first Hellboy movie and continue in this one about Liz and Hellboy being a couple, which is not a thing from the comics because he's like 60 years old and she's, you know, like a 20-year-old girl. (laughs) But the thing that's like weird is like they do all this and there's this story about how they somehow have an inner marriage and they they're gonna have a kid and all this stuff and it twins it, and that plot doesn't go anywhere it never gets built up it's really boring and then you decide abe's in love with the princess and that goes nowhere it was like a bunch of ideas like the idea where johan learns that he can't be so by the book i don't give a fuck you just introduced this character he's a dumbass he sounds like he's just making up an accent he really doesn't do anything and all of a sudden i'm supposed to be like excited when he makes his turn to be like i'm gonna help you guys it, it's just the whole movie was unearned story arcs like when hellboy is holding the baby and kills the elemental which was supposed to be you know like the greatest monster of all time and he shot it twice and it died so it's not that great but he like he lands and everybody turns on him and they're like why'd you steal that baby it's just very confusing because like there's no they didn't earn anything that happens in this movie abe's romance isn't earned hellboy's love story with him having a kid isn't earned the story of the the princess killing herself isn't earned it's just like i need to wrap these plot points up i mean some of these are right but i i 
there's there's a sitcomness to Liz Liz and Hellboy that is, um, yeah, you know what I felt. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk this back. You know what I felt like this was to me. It it reminded me of Batman Returns. Uh, in that we get is that that's the Catwoman one, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, just double checking before people in the comments yell at me. Um, Batman Returns was such a weird movie for me because its plot was disjointed all over the fucking place, and it had so many long sequences with the characters that weren't the protagonists. We, we, we watched long, long sequences with Danny DeVito running around as Penguin, um, but it ended up we sort of realizing as we did the review for that one that it, it was kind of a Catwoman origin story film. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were more focused on that character than the main character. Batman was sort of in the background for most of it, which is kind of what I felt like was this movie. Only it didn't have a front story; it just had a bunch of half stories. And uh, but but Hellboy was not at the center of many of them. Uh, he he he's a ride along character from much of this movie. I mean, he gets in the fight scene with the tooth fairies, in the fight scene with the elemental, and. Uh, then he, you know, a couple of fight scenes with with the, the the main guy, but we don't get any experiences with Hellboy just sort of, I don't know, uh, having a moment, being upset, being concerned, yeah, you know, experiencing anything. He's also always still played like a petulant child for some reason, as if like he hasn't been alive for at that point seventy some years. You know what I mean? Like he's been around right. since World War Two. That's a long time ago, even in the timeline of the film. But he still acts as though he's a 14-year-old. Like, when she's living with him, he, he, for some reason, has her toothbrush in the cat food? Like, right, right. They were, and that's what I mean by, like, really bad jokes that somebody on set was like, this is dynamite. And they should not. That person should have been fired. Because there's not one... I don't think there's one funny joke in the entire movie that I can think of. I mean, and there's I a lot things... of attempts at humor. I mean, a I found... lot. I found lots of things like I don't know amu- uh, amusing, but yeah, I, I, the humor did not land. Um, I found it all fine and totally acceptable, except for a couple of key lines that were so atrocious that someone should be fired. I mean, when when he when Hellboy calls Johan glasshole, I I had to pause and like get up and like walk around the room for a minute. Like it was just, it hurt. It hurt. Yeah, it's so bad. Physically hurt. Yeah, that was pretty upsetting, but. Uh, to, to what I was getting at. Right away, my notes are really excited about uh, costume work. Uh, Hellboy's work uh, on his hand is so constantly good. I don't know what kind of prosthetic they make for his hand, but it was good in the first one. It's good in this one. I don't understand how they make it look so good that he's wearing this like giant plaster thing. <laughs> and it moves with like full full you know articulation of the fingers. I think I, it, it, it makes it be every time. Uh, I know we lost uh, the amazing voice of uh, of Niles uh, for the voice of Abe, but I love Abe front to front to front to end on this movie. I just love oh, him. Cannot. All the way they, I think they make him even worse. I, I, he's just so boring. Really, he, I know. Yeah, I he's him. just become like a stereotype. He's like uh, worthless in the beginning. Oh, it's like oh, he likes books and music. And then, I mean, I can't tell you, he, I almost stopped watching the rest of the movie during the drunk Hellboy Abe scene, because I was like, this is so bad. This is, I, I, I was becoming, like, angry while watching it. I was like, I can't believe that somebody was allowed to make this as I a film. I did not have that reaction. Um, oh my god, it's it's one, it is hands down the worst drunk acting I've ever seen in my life, which is, is saying something. It's not great, it's not great, yeah. But two, 
it was so completely boring and pointless. Why the fuck do I give a shit about Abe's relationship with a woman he said ten words to, and then he's listening to, like, a, not a particularly good love song, and I, I don't know, like, at least give me, like, a better song, like, gotta get you off my mind or something. Like, I, I don't know, it was just... And then they're, like, poorly singing along, and they're supposed to be, I don't know, it was just so bad. And they were like, see, that's how you know Abe's really in love. He's doing something so out of character. And it's like, the only thing I know about his character is he listens to classical music. That's basically what you've told me in this movie. And he's, for some reason, psychic. I mean, I I always love Abe showing up and being, uh, you know, the 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 D and D party character who knows everything, and I enjoy listening to him come through this whole film, like pulling books out and sort of uh, uh, unfurling the the. But uh, I, did he really the, do that though? I don't really knowledge. remember him like he, solving the or very beginning anything. Tons of it. He 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 brings that whole chest of books and he's cracking things open and like in and and discussing the symbols and the tooth fairies and all that kind of stuff. And I like that kind of stuff. The problem that I was running into with him is that he was he he deserved a moment at the end. And he didn't get one because when they get to the to confront the villain, uh, he's he brings the the the, the, the crown piece uh, because he's concerned over this woman. Which again, I agree, is not super earned because they have like two scenes together. And also, um, she's already told uh, Abe that if he dies, she dies. So that means if she dies, he dies. So he physically can actually do nothing to stop, to hurt his sister. He threatens Abe. The most shallow, worthless, because he can't, he physically cannot do anything to her. If he, if he kills her, if he tries to starve her to death, he'll die too. So his threat is so meaningless that he, Abe should be smart enough to be like, you can't do anything to hurt her. You can try to kill me, but you'll never kill her. So I hid the piece. Good luck finding it. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole point in the story is like, no one, none of it makes any sense. Nobody read through it and was like, "This this plot makes zero sense." Um, but but w- w- what I was sad to see was at that end. You know, he brings the piece, he throws it into the ring. He he he, he seems to think he's making some sort of positive step forward. Which I don't, again, I don't know what he was thinking. But worse than that is that following that sequence, he stops helping. Yeah, he just stands there and watches Hellboy do everything. He stands in the circle of Hellboy fighting like five robots at once and then he automatons at once and then you know obviously we saw uh johan activate his magic and i don't think we see liz no for some reason a woman who can basically turn into a supernova doesn't try melting anything but a crown later you know gold has a pretty low melting point but um but uh uh yeah she 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 had an opportunity to her and and abe just sort of sit back yeah the whole fight sequence is claustrophobic and short and small and for the, the golden boring. army yeah, yeah it's not super thrilling and i was kind of disappointed by that that, that that they have this huge set piece this big underground fortress the forge of the goblins it's full of hellboys you know uh, it's full of these golden golden army automatons and we really just have a fight in like a storage room size room uh i did I did enjoy the uh the the, the battle on the uh, spinning gears my internal dm was like that's 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 a fucking killer set piece i i'm a big fan of that but um but yeah that's that's just sort of a precursor to the fight that's ultimately um kind of flat and like like you said ends with a pretty i don't know a pretty predictable uh uh conclusion because well but also way too late he gets the crown from him she does her thing obviously which is also actually no i take it back 
Her thing is unnecessary because he gets yes, the crown. He's lost. He's got everything. He gets up with like a fucking dagger and like it's Hellboy. Like who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Also, he, he now controls an army. He could just be like, her... army, grab him. Yeah. Uh, this it, it seems like the wrong moment for her to pull the suicide move, um, but she does it anyway. Uh, and after that, I thought there was something coming because we got this preview with uh, when they put on the uh, special truth seeing goggles. That Hellboy has this sort of, you know, uh, apocalyptic, you know, uh, a prophecy about him bringing, back the, bringing about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought somehow this was going to lead up to that choice having to be made because there's a very specific prophecy laid down in front of it. But that's all just sequel setting, it turns yeah. out. Uh, it's, I think it's more just his way of trying to tie it back into Hellboy by being like, remember this guy? He's going to bring about the end of the world because there's so little Hellboy in this movie and so little about the character that I think he just wanted to cram something in because it serves no purpose. And like you said, he's like, oh man, at the very end, he's like all this power. And there's no moment where he's like, you know, his horns start growing or something like where they do something where it's like, he starts seeing and Liz stops him. She's just like, nope, melt it. It's like, couldn't you have just told it to like the army to destroy itself? Cause what happens if melting it didn't work? Like, what if you just stop the only means of controlling them? What if they go crazy now? But yeah, right. And and I I feel the same thing. Like I think what would have been a better idea would have been like they need the piece to get into the place where the golden army is, and the guy's already there with the the, the sisters, so they have to bring it with him. They show up. He uh, I I you know either he somehow has activated the army or whatever. You know he gets the piece from him then they should be fighting and like Johan and Liz should be like, we'll stay and try to like hold them off. You two have to go. And you know, Abe goes with him and they get a final moment and maybe Abe's like with her and she's like, you have to kill me. You know, it's the only way to stop him and like have the guy being ready to win. And then she kills herself. So there is like earned. Otherwise, I mean, he's lost. He doesn't even have the crown anymore. He can't, he, he doesn't win. So there's no reason for her to kill herself. And again, she could also just like, cut her achilles tendon he couldn't walk anymore for a while you know i mean there's so many she didn't have to go nuclear and if she did she waited so long and so she has like and like you said abe's moment is like he just talks to her and then they're both psychics so they like share something and then she dies the conclusion bummed me out but i mean i don't know i liked watching hellboy fighting in the streets with the baby i thought it was really entertaining i liked the troll market you know i liked uh figuring out how to escape this fucking tooth fairy like a swarm, which again, Liz's firepowers would have been really useful here. Which doesn't she not use them? There she either? she does use them at the end. She tells Abe to get that's into right. the vault after we watch oh, like right. a that's series right. of the dumbest agents. It took a with... while though. Yeah, it, um, it takes way too long for her to do everything. And that, that that's something that they should have caught too, because you know one of the reasons people really love uh, some of the more successful superhero movies is often seeing characters use their powers in surprising ways. I've always complained about DC movies make aquaman the fish talker punch people that's boring no one and everyone sees it coming so when the characters have like clever ideas uh hellboy placing himself in front of the grinder so the troll puts his you know grappling hook arm into it those are the kind of things you look forward to those moments that 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 creep up on you that are surprising not just blunt force punching so um the fact that a lot of these characters powers are underutilized i think uh did do this the, the combat scenes a disservice yeah, yeah, and I, I, the combat is like a weird mix of the fact that it's really hard for somebody to be in the Hellboy suit in a fight scene, 
because you know it's like a lot of prosthetics and ron perlman's not exactly the most agile human being and then the elf is like crouching tiger hidden dragon and then so the fight is just i, I don't know the fights to me felt really flat the, the whole scene with him and the baby drove me insane it was just so <laughs> cliched and dumb and poorly executed and like i i don't know even like the moment where uh the elf is like oh you know you're gonna kill the last of its kind i was like this would be more meaningful if it wasn't like if i don't shoot it it's gonna come murder me like you're basically telling a guy to let you who hellboy is also the only of his kind he's the only good demon he's just like let yourself die so this thing that i brought into the world to be killed by you can live and so it was just there's so many like moments that could have been so better written and there's just nothing I don't know. It, I, I actually, there's a note in this movie I have in my notes that just said, I hate this fucking movie. And it was during that terrible music number. But that's just, I don't know. There's so many cool things. Like when they go to the, like the weird giant thing and they go down and there's that angel that has like the eyes on its wings and it doesn't have like yeah. a normal face. I'm like, that thing looks cool as shit. That scene's really pointless and it's not that great. But that thing but, looks awesome. I wish they could have yeah, used the- it in a better way. That, that's the kind of thing is a lot of these moments these, if, if you freeze if you freeze scenes out of this movie uh, you know i love all of them i love, I love a lot of them you know I, I love a lot of like the sequences with all the I, I i can't get over the troll the troll market too i don't want to uh, uh dust over it because it's like 15 times like a moss isaac cantina just like loaded with cool it, it shit like, that just yeah that just walks by behind the camera for a moment and it's like, man, it's just, that took like 15 hours of work to get that headpiece on. <laughs> and he just like walks past and just out of the scene. It's a commitment to a lot of work and world building. It's just that I wish someone had like stepped in and like worked with Guillermo on the screenplay. That's the thing yeah. I think just really suffered. Because I, if, this had a, if this had a bomb script, it didn't matter that like we're missing a few of like the characters or character voices or whatever. That stuff would have been irrelevant. Um but it, it's just it's just too fragmented. Even though it's a lot, some of the fragments are really quality. Yeah, I mean, there's some neat like visuals, but no part of the story to me holds up. And the introdu- the introduction of like new characters is so pointless and meaningless. Like Johan appears, but he never really does anything that made bringing him into the movie worthwhile. Like he serves no purpose. If you take him out, nothing really changes in the film. He never really accomplishes something that they couldn't have accomplished without him. I guess he opens yeah. the gate to the troll market, but that's pretty lame. They talk, they talk a lot about his his value as like a leader, but he's, I mean that's not really he's just an kind of element that these movies need. Yeah, he's yeah. just sort of and that's the thing is yeah they act like this is uh, Wolverine in the X Men like he won't follow orders and it's like well that's not really it the BPRD is like not really a, a team team. So it's just sort of odd, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you mean. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's just like there's certain things in there that I don't know. There, there's that guy. I will say, though, in the troll market, there's a couple of really weird background characters. There's a guy who's just walking around carrying a gigantic set of dentures, and he's in the background of, like, seven <laughs> different shots. It's as if yeah. he's just, like, walking in a circle. Yeah. Like, he's like a mall walker. But he's just carrying a massive set of dentures. I have, yeah, I have, I have notes uh, on that as well. Um, 
uh, uh, the other note that came up for me a lot. This is I don't know if this is of any interest to anyone, but this just gave me lots of uh, lots of really. This just gave me a lot of interest in playing a, a BPRD role-playing game, which I guess is sort of a shitty one out there, but... Uh, mm-hmm. There's man, that board game they it. made that's pretty cool. Well, I guess we'll have to do that. Uh, but the, the the main problem is is it, the BPRD in the comics when it starts, some of the people are just like soldiers. But that's sort of like the premise of those comics. Is they're just regular people trying to deal with a world that's really screwed up, and that's why they need Hellboy. Because Hellboy can't be killed, conceivably. Uh, so it's a lot of that interaction. The agents in this... The beginning of this movie, I have a note where when they're at the BPRD and they're walking through, it's straight up the scene from Men in Black. Yes, Maybe the second is. one. Like, there's just all this zany stuff in the background, and everybody is dressed exactly like Men in Black. Which makes no sense why the BPRD would be wearing suits. They did it in the first movie and it didn't make sense. And they did it in this one. And I, you know, they're, they're a paramilitary group in the comics. They, they dress like soldiers. They wear fatigues. They have ammo belts. All that stuff. So it's just so weird that they like rip off another movie which had recently come out. And for no reason. It's just really pointless. And that was sort of just... And like the whole Jeffrey Tambor thing... They had that moment, you know, in the first movie where it was supposed to be like they reconciled, but then he's just back to being a dick at the beginning of this one. So it was like the movie reset a bunch of stuff for no reason. And that that sort of, uh, that that bummed me out. I'm just going to throw that out there. Also, I find they made Hellboy a huge dick in this one. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's a, it's a tough line to ride because if you want to make him like a Wolverine like character like you said uh where he's he's like a tough and 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 like cold and and uh untethered then you have to work in some moments where he he finds a way to exceed that where he finds a way where everyone thinks he's going to just phone it in or he thinks he's going to be make make the the the, the blunt move and then he does something clever he's got something up his sleeve you got to prove that that's all a facade he puts on because of his, you know, his emotional state. I don't know. You have to give us some reason to understand why he behaves that way. And then it's, it's just a, it's just the facade for something bigger, but he never has anything bigger to unload in this movie. He just sort of cartwheels with his, 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 his revolver through robots and then uh, says, all right, Liz, we're good. Yeah. And maybe that is part of my um, extra, why i'm extra harsh on this is like hellboy is hands down my favorite comic book character i think there's some of the best comics ever written and it's just such a disservice to the character that like it really bums me out and it makes me realize how much like how bad it is and that sucks i think that's clear because i think in this movie is relatively well reviewed um it's not like it's not like acclaimed or anything it gets sixes or sevens from lots of different places uh, so I think that's generally the the response people get because a because Guillermo sells people love his stuff in all shapes and forms, and because it's not it's not a train wreck, you know what I mean? It's just it's just it's, it feels incomplete. Um, if you know if you're in for just sort of like a ride of a film, it it goes from A to B. It does all these things. The problem is is that I think and at this point I think you're absolutely right. It's not a good adaptation of the comic, so the people who know the comic well and definitely appreciate the comic 
um, may or may, well, I mean, you might, but you probably won't find a lot of joy in this film, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I yeah, I'm, like, I'm even trying to think, I'm just trying to think of moments that I enjoyed, but they're all stylistic. Like, I don't think there's one part of the, the movie that I actually enjoyed, like, aside from its appearance. Which is a real bummer. I, as a Hellboy fan, I imagine that would be, yes. Yes, yes, it's a double bummer that way, because, like, they've made just three really not good Hellboy movies. Which is, like, you know, very depressing for me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, my notes are mostly just, like, me going on, like, mini rants about how mad I was and stuff. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to get those uh those those uh sent out for everyone to uh to read yeah there is just the one that just says cathedral head question mark i don't yeah, i don't he, get why that guy's head was a cathedral he he's actually listed as cathedral head in oh. the, in, in the imdb so that's not i that's guess not we were accurate i guess you know what i take it back they did a great job i i knew what he was supposed to be <laughs> yeah uh, uh what's his name the guy that played um uh almost all the 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 weird characters he played wink uh with a giant ogre um he played spice shop troll cathedral head and fraggle wump oh fraggle wump was that that was the one i thought maybe could get an oscar nod but i guess not. i don't know who the fuck that was that was the troll i believe right troll woman pretty sure oh i don't know I mean, the, there's, when, when there's so many weird characters. It's weird to me that they also list a bunch of agents in the credits when there was definitely no action from any of the agents besides the... They're just there to die. Yeah, they, they don't do anything. They don't have any and when, here. The, the part that I loved was uh, after uh, the, the queen is taken and she's hidden the fragment inside a book in the library... And they're all talking about what they should do and how they're going to find it. And uh, there's just BPRD agents walking around taking pictures of the bookshelf. (laughs) As if, like, it's a CSI crime scene. They're not looking through the books. They're not trying to... They're just like, we should remember how this bookshelf looked in case in the court trial we need these pictures later. I could not... It just made me laugh because... It's like, I don't think this guy understands what the BPRD is supposed to be. They're just most the most random collection of people in this movie. Yeah. It's it just disjointed. so, yeah, and it's so weird. Also, I need you to, I don't know if you all remember this. When he uh, is laying on the, uh, he has that piece of metal in his heart that's going to kill him. And um, he gets woken up by the eyeless angel and Liz says something to him. Does he say, I become father? Because I swear that's what he said. I didn't bother to rewind it because I didn't uh, care. No, enough. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch but it. But I swear he said, I become father? And I was <laughs> I was listening to it. And I thought, did that guy just leave out so many extra words out <laughs> of that sentence? It was, I don't know, it was very bizarre. And it is like one of those things too where... I don't I don't want Hellboy to have kids because that version of him is very irresponsible. He should not be in charge of a child. He's a horrible role model. Tremendous irresponsible. He has yeah. way too many cats. Way too many cats. So yeah, I, I think that's all my notes that'll other than me Same. just ranting about st- random things. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess would you recommend this movie? 
I, I, I hate to do this after your rants, but uh, yeah, I would. I, I just think th- there's so much. I know that obviously we agree the visuals are great, but I think there's enough there to make this a totally, t- totally enjoyable film. Yeah. Uh, I would say no, don't waste your time. <laughs> it's, it's way too long. Just like Google Hellboy 2 pictures and look at the images of the creatures. That's enough. Come on now. And I would, I would more recommend, you know, I think you can buy uh, Seed of Destruction, the first Hellboy trade paperback, in digital format. Buy now, that it, is a read good it, read it while you're locked up, you know, while we're all currently stuck at home. Read Hellboy if you had any interest in these movies, because the comic series is so, so much better. Uh, it's, it's an amazing series. So that would be my recommendation. Do that instead. So I think that's going to be it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, come back next week where we'll have our mini episode to tell you what movie is up next. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at NAOSPod. Everybody be careful out there and stay safe. Until next time, 